daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Big women, big girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in her. Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Welcome to the Invest in Her podcast series, where as you know, every week we have on fabulous female founders and funders. And today I have on a super special guest because she was the winner of our She Angels Pitch Fest. Please give a welcome to my guest, Melissa Scott. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Catherine. How are you doing? I'm great. She, the, everyone uh, that knows you knows you are the founder of Modifywear, and I'm super excited to talk about your journey since you've been on the She Angels Pitch Fest and series, um, which we are launching very soon, by the way. And um, I just wanted to say you are one of the most inspiring people to me. Uh, you are a single mom who happened to be born deaf and against all the odds, I mean, really, uh, you have just done a, a miraculous job of starting such a unique niche business. And I really applaud you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah you know, this is what I love about what I'm doing is entrepreneurs like yourself uh, inspire me and other people so much um, because you really defy the odds. How perfect that your company is modify where, like like you say, has the word defy in it, defying the odds. So perfect. So let's first talk about that was not the original name of your company. Nope. I, I love this story because you you uh, submitted for the She Angels Pitch Fest and got selected to be a finalist. And mm -hmm. when you pitched to our panel of amazing investor women, all, as yep. you know, very accomplished, very smart women, the one, one of the first things they told you after you won was that you had to change the name of your company. And yep. I remember you were like, no, no, yep. I don't want to change mm -hmm. it. And, and I understand that, you know, like once you've trademarked something and you've put your money into it and you believe in it and you're excited about it, it's really hard when people come to you and say, you know, you should change the name of that. You feel like saying no, you know, and I think originally you were like, no. And then you came up with this incredible name that I really think, and I think you'll agree, really helped your company to soar because let's face it online, if you have a name that resonates with people, it really does help your business, right? It does, it absolutely does. And what's interesting is um, because you had Susan Anton who was the, um, the MC of the event. And when she called me up, she really didn't know was it before, before, and she didn't know how to pronounce it. And to be honest, right, you could have pronounced it. Name? Well, let's let's tell everybody that was the original it, name of yeah, your. Yeah, it was called before, so B E A F O R. So you could almost call it before, or it could be be a four, like be a force, be a fortress. So there's a play on words. So really, it didn't have one pronunciation, um, and so that kind of that hit me a little bit. But I, I kind of like threw that away. It's like, oh, if someone can't pronounce it. Um, but they did tell me you need to change it because and and. 
Kim Gold, who who um, was one of the investors, said, when you have that many vowels in it, it's hard. You need something that's easy and that people can quickly spell it and so forth. Um, and so Kim it took Gold me, it was, would know because she's had so many successful companies. Uh, and, and so, you know, that that was great advice. And But, you know, this is the thing. Uh, when people get great advice, entrepreneurs from very seasoned, successful people like her and like our panel, they don't always take the advice. And no, that's like, what I applaud you for taking the advice. It took me a while. I mean, I'm not going to say. I, yeah. I, no, I, I, I remember you were not, oh, yeah, no, no. This you were not laying down easy. To change the I know. And, but it finally came through. I started, you know, research, not research, but kind of like brainstorming some ideas and some names. And one day I was picking up some fabric that she had donated to me. I was at her house and I started throwing these names at her, some of my final ones. And she's like, nah, nah, nah. And then she goes, you know, if you really like it, keep it. I mean, this is your baby. And then I threw out modify with. I said, what do you think about that? And she actually stopped and she's like, huh, I kind of like it. So, and then I kind of like, I really grew with it because we changed the word modify, as you normally do with an I, but we did it with an E, so it becomes defy. And there's just so much you could do with it because we are modifying uh, athletic wear into something where everyone can wear it. So, um, yeah, so I'm thankful for that advice, but let me tell you, that was a hard one to take. And I remember you were really like, you should change it. You should change it. I was like, oh, I'm not listening to this. But I'm so glad I did because it just, it made things so much easier. I, and it makes I'm sense. I'm so glad you did too. I love the name. Now, what people don't know is when you applied to our Pitch Fest, um, like now you have this whole realm of modify wear that's for people that want to be conservatively dressed for sports, which is really cool because it's, like you said, when you pitched it, this is a, there's millions of women that fall into this niche, older women, conservative women, religious women. Uh, but the very first thing you had pitched to us was a hijab. Right. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to go over pitching a hijab. And it's like, it, I felt like it was very niched. And then my committee, um, all voted for you to be one of the finalists. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm open-minded to it. It's very different. And then you won uh, along with artist Pharaoh, um, you know, for her, uh, her um, niche also, which uh, she has an amazing business as well. Um, my, uh, so, you know, what I wanted to say was, you know, I, really was surprised that a niche product was so well received by the panelists. I was surprised. But then when I realized that you had all these other products that went under this heading of Modify Wear, then it made perfect sense to me. And I want to talk about the hijab because it was your first product. Mm -hmm. Why you created it? Because here you are, you're you're not a Muslim woman, you're yep. a white woman. And, you know, I'm like, a hijab, where did she come up with this? Yep. And the story is that you used to work for the Olympic Committee, right? Yep, yep, that's true. Yeah. And you had to wear hijabs when you were in certain areas of the world. 
Yep. And because you have, because you're deaf and you have the, uh, that hearing impairment, it was hard for you to wear the hijab. So you designed it so that you could, um, was it to put your headphones in or? No, it was for my hearing aid. Oh, your hearing aid, um, right. So when you have a fabric that presses against the hearing aid, it causes it to whistle. And which is very, very uncomfortable. So you can't, it, it doesn't pick up any sound. And it also blocks the sound and creates feedback. Um, so that was that was the main thing. I thought I can't be the only deaf person in all of the Middle East. So I just did something that was going to be comfortable for me. Put some holes in it so my hearing aid and my ears can kind of breathe. And then I had a band that covered it up. So I had complete modesty. But there was sort of like a little bit of a layer or a buffer. But it was also good so when you put like your glasses on or sunglasses, it wasn't pressing against it. You weren't going to get that migraine that a lot of these women suffer from. So I had, so when I was wearing it, it was just a makeshift one. I decided to put an internal pocket too, so I could put my, um, my back then it was the iPad, iPod shuffle um, in there. And um, I had a, a lot of the women athletes, they were marathon runners, who were like, make this for us. I mean, we need it for our sunglasses because we get a migraine because it's so tight and it's pressing because we have our glasses, it's pressing against it. Or if we put our glasses on outside of the fabric, it falls off. Mm -hmm. uh, you have that pocket. And so, what, kind, what country were you in when you were wearing the hijab and discovered this? Yeah, at that point, we were in Jordan. Um, mm -hmm. But it was also, you know, it resonated through um, like Oman and Saudi Arabia and, and so forth. Um, and then where I got the headphones is I recall that after you discovered it for your hearing aid, you come to find out, like you said, that other people wanted it for their sunglasses and then also for their iPod earphones, right? Yep. So it actually, so it, it kind of took on a life of its own. We had also doctors and nurses. So a lot of women in the medical field were kind of giving up the hijab because they had to do the stethoscope and it was very, very difficult. Uh, but now they could easily do it. So it became, we call it the world's first hijab for the digital era. So you could use your Bluetooth, your earpieces. Women in the military and the security field were using it. Um, women who would go on pilgrimages, they would, you know, they would use it because they could put their money um, inside and it was safe. Um, they didn't have to worry about their clothing or getting robbed or so forth. So let me understand this. So it ended up having many usages. Once you, you know, most, a lot of products are developed out of somebody's need, like yours was, mm -hmm. but when you developed it for yourself and then realized other people wanted it too, how did you then know, I mean, how did you start to manufacture it? What was your first step? I think a lot of people have ideas and they never take it to the next level and find out how to manufacture and distribute it. So what, how did you do that? So... At that point, I was living in Ohio, so it was really difficult to find anyone to manufacture or to make samples of protocol, but I had uh, prototypes. But I had moved to um, Los Angeles and went onto LinkedIn and found some people who had graduated from um, fashion school. And I said, okay, I need someone to make me a prototype. And so just contacting them, working with it, and through there, learning about the fabric district, the garment district here in Los Angeles, about the manufacturers, um, and then just talking to people to get who can who would do small batches of something so unique. 
So it's really that just so a smart. Um, I, I want to stop and accentuate that because if somebody has an idea and needs a prototype, I think that was so smart to go on and LinkedIn and look for someone with a fashion degree that could create the prototype. That was brilliant. Yeah, so you need it because they come up with a pattern they, and all the things that's needed for the next step. My background is not in garment manufacturing or textiles or any of that. So I didn't know what steps were going to be needed. I just assume, you know, you could just make it if I tell them what they want, but it doesn't work that way. So it was a learning curve for me, um, but it's something that needs to be done. And so if you have an idea, just find out what your next steps are. Right. And then... Uh, one thing you had shared with me is that you said, because these successful women on the Pitch Fest panel believed in you and, and got behind you with funding and mentorship, uh, that that get, boosted your confidence. Like, oh, I must really have something here because other smart women are believing in me, right? Yeah, that, that's a big thing because and as an entrepreneur, you really do feel isolated in an island on your own in the middle of the sea. So you just, there's really hard to gauge if what you're doing is, is a company, is it a business, or is it just a niche product? So it was really difficult. So when I did win the pitch fest, it was, it was, it changed 180. I mean, in terms of, um, where I knew I, I needed to go. And, and and sometimes, you know, at that point, I was I had a lot of negative thoughts coming in, like, well, maybe this isn't really what you should be doing, or, you know, it was fun for a while, but this gave me the kick in the butt that I needed. Just like, you know what? Follow your dream. You got to keep doing it. I and, love that uh, yeah. advice because so many entrepreneurs, let's face it, it is not easy. Uh, it's hard work and you got to really be passionate and believe in what you're doing in order to make it happen because it isn't easy, but it's so rewarding. And it always just uh, makes my heart happy when you tell me that She Angel's uh, pitch vest and these uh, She Angel women is what motivated you to believe in yourself and, and keep you going at it. And then you came up with all these other great products. And I want to mention that uh, Kim Gold also donated like $30,000 worth of um fabric to you because yep. she's been in the uh, in that industry as well the clothing industry um and that that also was a big uh boost to launching your business absolutely because you know the, the thing with um with with apparel is is it's not on order you have to have inventory behind you and in order to have that inventory you have to invest a lot of money and a lot of manufacturers are not going to make just one-off pieces they're like no you're going to have to make 500 of each and each size so that's a lot of money that you have to put in there so the fact that i had some really good high quality fabric that were also performance fabric that cut out a lot of my cost at first um, because, and that's another thing that's so scary about being an entrepreneur is the money, the investment, not just financially, but energy wise and all of that, that you have to put into this up front before your first order comes in is scary. Right. Of course. And uh, just to learn all that, the ropes of that is amazing to me. And what I found from doing the pitch fest was 
Yeah, the money is important. It helps people get started, like you're just saying. But the um, mentorship and the support is also just as important. It's so important to have a village around you so you don't feel like you're on your own. And I know we afterwards brought in coaches like Andrea Quinn mm-hmm. and uh, Celia Khan to help with uh, finances and um, d- just several, you know, uh, coaches. I feel like, you know, entrepreneurs try to do everything on their own a lot of times, and that really doesn't work. And it's so important to tap the people around you, family, friends, uh, colleagues, uh, coaches, um, because you, you can't do everything yourself, right? I think you'll attest to that. You and I both know that. That is true. And not only that, I think the hardest part also is asking for it. And that was something that you were very good at is that you're like, well, Melissa, you, Bob was really good at this or Kat Curry is really good with this and or, or Kat and Nicole with this. You've got to ask. And it was hard because these are very powerful women and very um, established in their own rights. And you don't want to bother them or be a bother. But um, you were good. I say, no, you've got to you've got to do that. And so I'm appreciative of that. And, and so that's something that's very difficult is asking for that help. Yeah, Andrea Quinn always says that, that women are not great about asking and receiving. Um, it, it's a shortcoming of all of ours that we all need to work on for sure. And, and one thing I learned from her was that you have to always remember you're not asking for yourself. You're asking for the greater good of creating what your purpose is here on the planet. And you are solving a need. People need it what it is you are creating. Um, after the hijab, you went on to create, I know, different sportswear and, and mm-hmm. uh, you were featured in Inc. magazine. You won an yep. award as one of the, uh, what was the award you won? Small and Mighty, Small and Mighty Businesses. Small yeah, and one. Mighty Businesses on the Rise. I love that. And uh, Teen Vogue. Yep. And, um, you know, you've gotten accolades from many different entities as it should be, and you've expanded your line. So it started with the hijab, but now I know you have things that cover the arms and you have um, uh, leggings. Uh, I know my wife bought a pair of leggings at your new store on Robertson, which is also awesome. Um, you, you know, so you went to brick and mortar, which is interesting because most people are doing everything online. And I imagine the majority of your business is online. So you can reach people around the world at modifywear.com. Uh, but also, um, you did open a brick and mortar store. Uh, in COVID. In the middle of COVID, right. Are, are you glad that you did that? I am. I really am. Because um, it is in the heart of the Orthodox Jewish community. And that's another um, um, customer base that I really reach out to. Um, and it gets me involved in the community. It gets me to have one-on-one with who my customers are to find out what's working, what's not working, what their needs are. Um, so I, I, I am because it gives me that face-to-face time um, that I need. And it's also, once COVID passes, it's a location where I can have, I can build my community. We can have events. We can have networking things. We can even have yoga sessions. We can have mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So I'm looking forward to that. Right. So. And um, you, one of your dreams was to have your products, your sportswear in the Olympics. And I was so excited when I heard that you got that mm-hmm. contract. Now this is pre-COVID. So obviously the 
Olympics have been moved, but you still have that contract, right? Yeah, we yes, we do. We're working with uh, quite a few teams now. I mean, it gives us more time that we can buy more time that we can um, work with other countries and more teams and um, and other athletes. Um, so yeah, that was one of our uh, big dreams, and um, yeah, we're making it happen. I love that. I love when dreams come true, and that I was that was a big one. Too. That, that was yeah. huge. That was, that was huge. Huge. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. I can't Thanks. wait to be watching the Olympics. Oh, I know. Me too. When it finally yeah, happens. Sportswear. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. To have them cross the finish line in either a hijab or a swimwear or activewear. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's going to happen because you're a manifester. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, what are other... Uh, you know, uh, things that have uh, materialized. Like, I know that you've also sold to like military and airlines and things like that, right? Yes, yeah. So we're also looking, you know, we've got the wholesale business and we're looking with group sales. We do a lot with schools, um, whether they be Catholic schools, Jewish schools, um, or um, Muslim schools, Islamic schools, um, just because they have search and dress codes and we help fit that need, and especially when they have the PE classes. Um, airlines, especially for those that are going to the Middle East, a lot of people don't have their um, the, the hijab or the hair covering or, or the, the arm sleeves or whatever. They're not prepared for that. So we do have that, especially in the private airlines we're working with. Um, and the military, we there's some, um, like in Canada and here in the U.S., they're allowing the hijab to be worn um, as part of the military uniform. So we're looking at getting even a stronger um, government contract to be the official hijab or um, tickle, which is the, um, the the Jewish head covering uh, for for the military. That's amazing. Like now, how did you land things like that? Like the military, the airlines, do you call on that yourself or do you have somebody that reaches out to them for you? No, I mean, I, eventually I'd like to get to that point where I can have other people do that. But it really is, um, again, it's about cold calling. Finally, just start with some random place, whether it be going down for me, it was um, um, going down to, um, I'm forgetting the name right now, but it begins with a P um, in San Diego, the uh, military base. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't think <laughs> of like, yeah, but... Just actually going down there and asking, okay, so who do I need to talk to? How does this work? And people eventually, with they know the answer. They'll talk to you and they'll tell you. And, and just working through that, that system of how do I get into it. Um, I'm always so impressed. Um, so now that you have that Dream Olympics uh, contract, what, what do you see next? Is it growing your business online or, or what is your, what is your newest goals you're reaching for? Um, we're looking to have some uh, brick and mortar some in, in the Middle East um, and oh, especially wow. at airports in the Middle East. Oh. Um, but again, that's once travel and everything opens up. So we'll, that's in the um, sort of like in the, the, the islands right now of, of talking to um the airports and getting finding space and so forth. Um, you know, so who you should talk to is your, one of your investors, uh, chef Kat Cora and her wife, Nicole, her CEO, um, because she has places in airports. 
Yes, and she does. Yes, she does. Uh, I actually ate at one of them not yeah. too long ago. And then, uh, your other investor, of course, was Catherine Curry Williams, who mm -hmm. is my co-founder for She Angels Foundation. Uh, and Celia Conzerini uh, was also. Um, so, you know, um, these women uh, that I'm mentioning made it possible for us to have the Pitch Fest. And then amazing people like yourself came along and applied and I just see uh, a future of us being able to invest in more women. I actually just did a TED talk about, you know, how underfunded women are, as we all know, or, or, or we should know that we get less than 3% of venture capital funding and less than 15% of um, traditional funding. And that really hasn't changed since we did this pitch fest. Um, and we really need to eat. You level that playing field. And one of the ways uh, that I am a big proponent of is that women need to invest in women. And that's why I applaud these women that were on our Pitch Fest panel because they are among the women that are helped changing that tide of women investing in women. Because people say to me, well, don't you want men to invest in you? And I say, well, of course we do, but how's that working for us? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So more yeah. women need to get behind women. And what I want to see is it being perpetual. So I want to see someone like you be super, super successful and then see you turn around and help another woman. And I think that that's the way it needs to work in the universe is that we help each other become successful and then we help other people, be, other women become successful. And that's the beauty of the karma right? No, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. You just keep paying it forward and yeah, and, and the torch keeps getting passed. Right. So people can find you at, um, at ModifyWare on all the social media. Yep. And at yep. ModifyWare.com, uh, which um, is yep. M-O-D-E-F-Y. Uh, so ModifyWare. Yep. And uh, defying the odds, right? Yep, absolutely. And um, are you are you ever looking for investors in your company? I, you know, I always ask people that in case people want to get in touch with you. You know, we're, we're always open for that. Um, we're not actively pitching or, or, or going to um, any um, uh, rounds with investors, but we're always interested in if anyone wants to invest in us. So um, absolutely, we're open to it. That's great. That's great. I love it. And I know Nike's taken uh, some of your ideas and started on that. So you, you know you're on a on to something good when another big company is. Uh, on they're the following suit. I know. I know. And yeah. Adidas is coming up also with a huge It's Like, yeah. I mean, they've got more marketing money, but um, but you know what? We've got the ideas behind it, so we're going to keep what? it going. And a lot of people want to be with who's first, and they want to support women-owned businesses, and they yep. want to support the smaller businesses. So, you know, uh, yeah, you can't let that scare you for sure. And, no, know and we know we have a better product, so we're happy with it. Yeah. So uh, please look for um, Melissa Scott's Modify Wear online, and be sure to follow us, of course, at She Angels. Uh, we have the uh, She Angels series that's coming out on YouTube. In fact, it'll probably be out at the time that we air this, which is very exciting. So people can also look for the She Angels pilot series. It's very exciting. It follows the journeys of uh, Melissa and the other winner artists. <laughs> um, 
And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it because you get to see their, their journey, which is a great one. And um, I certainly look forward to seeing your future journey. And you know I'm your biggest cheerleader, so I'm going to keep Absolutely. cheering you on. Absolutely. Yep, I can look, I'm looking forward to that too. Yep, I'm going to keep following you and keep giving updates and everybody can watch your amazing journey. And you just keep doing what you're doing and keep making the world a better place, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you so much, Catherine. Everybody, you remember to invest in her and make it a great week. Live your dreams and uh, just make it a great day. Be fearless and seize the moment. All right. Make it a great week, everybody. Thanks, Melissa. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.